Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. What do you think? Did it get up? I mean, of all things to say. What? <laughs> what? That family picnic sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> more than just a Are you kidding me, Mike? Oh my God, that is hilarious. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. And welcome back to another episode of the Dale Jr. Download with my co-host Mike Davis. I'm pretty fired up, Mike. Are you? <clears throat> yeah. What, what about? Well, um... First off, here we are in the Bojangle studio. We got some uh, we got some work to do in here. See, we do things over here. Got to get right. fixed up. Um, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, new doors. We got new doors coming in. We're changing some of the stuff on the walls. And um, did we we had that last week, right? Mm-hmm. The, so, the Butch Lindley, yeah, Butch Lindley yeah. door. It's it's in here, man. I'm feeling the good energy off that thing. Is that right? Oh yeah. Nice. Yes, sir. That's gonna make us better. That's what you're fired up about. It's gonna make us better. It's gonna make this whole experience at this table better going forward. Good. Good, because I need to be better. <laughs> I'm hey, looking for some energy to be better. There's, I got a lot of shit going on up in my head, so I'm going to try not to ramble and bounce around because I'm I bad have a bad habit of that. But I don't even really know where to begin. We got a lot to talk about with the uh, we got a lot to talk about with the um, the World 600. Yeah, arguably last year it was the best race of the year. Yeah, last year again this year. Fantastic, fantastic drama, lots going on. I don't even think I have one bone to pick with that race no i mean listen the race was fantastic i just it, it, it was so good that you hate that the weather yeah. didn't cooperate all weekend yeah and that you know a full grandstand couldn't enjoy that thing but but, but anybody that watched it oh I heard it was, the crowd was really good yeah no it was good i mean it was just Consi- a, a testament to the whole situation yeah. and to also to the fan base of nascar and I mean, amazing bravo to uh, charlotte motor speedway for allowing fans that had tickets to the Xfinity race or the World 600 to see both. Right. As far as I know, they let everybody in there. If you had a ticket, you got to see both races, right? Yeah, yeah. That's And, and that is a good thing. And to be honest with you, there were people I saw on Twitter, there were people that went to Indy and also came to Charlotte. Not drivers, not people in the, on race teams, but fans yeah. pulling the double. That's amazing, right? Yeah. Well, when you give them ample time, not ample time, when you give them the time to be able to make that trip, it's uh, sounds like a damn blast. This sounds a good time, doesn't Yeah, it? they jump right on top of it, man. Um, so are you fired up today because of the I'm, – I'm curious. I mean, Chase Elliott, hmm? Denny Hamlin. What happened? They found each other. Oh, yeah? They found each other. Did they? And they also eliminated each other from the Denny Hamlin Bracklet Challenge. Oh, they did? I yeah. don't seem to remember that part of the race. When, you did, when did this happen? <laughs> yeah, I don't believe that. When did this happen? <laughs> it was some, yeah. somewhere during the race they found each other, so, uh, as they've been known to do in the past. Yeah. So, so, so you're telling me that Chase Elliott – 
my old uh, the, the guy that won the Xfinity Series championship here for Junior Motorsports. Uh, that's right. That guy. One of my teammates. Yeah. Uh, Has and, a fan or two. And drives for Hendrick Motorsports. Which, that's right. Which, that I, which I just love. Yeah. And had a crash with uh, Denny Hamlin, who is part of Dirty Mo Media. Yeah, that Denny Hamlin. That Denny yeah, Hamlin. not the other ones, but that one. Yeah, that's and the one. Denny Hamlin, who, the guy that was in uh, Victory Lane at 2004 Daytona 500 with me, carried my trophy back to the bus. That one. Yeah, yeah, that's the same one. Right. Shoot. Right, the fanboy from yeah. 2004. Damn. <laughs> well, I know those guys really well. Do you? Doesn't sound like it's, them. It's, uh, find it hard to believe you didn't see them collect each Doesn't other. Doesn't sound like those guys, the, the the Denny and Chase that I know. Oh, really? What, no. are the, what is the Denny and Chase you know? Super nice guys. They Well, they yeah. are nice guys, yeah. of course. I just I, don't think they're nice to each other. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, they've had a history. So, I was watching this. The lap before that. So, there was a restart and they're kind of, you know, packed up and... Almirola gets in the fence. TV, right. you know, TV is like, hey, man, check this out. Almirola's in the wall. Well, at the same moment, Denny is sliding up into Chase. Basically the exact same thing that happened a, a lap or two later when the crash goes down. So, you know, I saw that, and I'm like, oh, Denny, man, you're going to piss him off. Honestly, anybody that um, when you're watching these guys race and they slide up in each other, you're just waiting on the other guy to do something, right? Like every time somebody slides into you, man, you just you lose it. Mm. It happened a few times during the race with some other drivers, and you're just like, oh, what, what's the other guy going to do? Like, uh, for example, Ricky Stenhouse, a couple instances where he <laughs> didn't like a few things going on around him with other drivers, and boy – he almost turned Kyle Busch down the front straightaway yeah. late in the race. He was trying. Yeah, he was trying. So, um, anyhow, that, that was that was contact right then in that moment. TV picked it up. Um, I didn't know if they mentioned it or not. It's all happening real fast. Watching as a fan, you know, I'm not a broadcaster in that moment. I'm just like, oh, hell yeah, do that, oh yeah. Yeah, I'm just a race fan. And so, they go back around a couple more laps, and then Denny slides up into chase again. And... I mean, you know, it looks like Chase Chase turned him. It looks like it. It right? does. It looks exactly like Chase turned him. A lot of people were on, uh, you know, saying, hey, man, you know, Brad hit Chase, all these other things, the factor, you know, how do you know what happened? How do you know what went down because of this and that and the other? I looked at my wife and I said, she says, well, how do you know uh, what happened? I said, hey, you know what's going to tell the tale is the SMT. Mm. And... All the drivers have that access to the SMT. The SMT is the data, the steering, steering, throttle, all kinds of information about how a guy is driving his car, where he's, how he's turning the wheel, how much. Then he can look at chases and vice versa. And so Chase gets out and he says what he has to say. He gets does his interview, right? And he's learned by what he's seen over the past couple of years. You, you damn sure ain't going to admit it. And you're going to say everything you can to, to lean far away from admission. That's right. Uh, there was a couple things on the radio uh, that I think Chase might have said, like, ah, that's twice now he's hit me. Yep. You know, something like that. Yeah. So there was some frustration, naturally, that NASCAR could look at. There was a motive. NASCAR could look at the audio, right? That's right. That, that could factor into yep. the decision NASCAR makes. And so... They, um, I, I, my wife's like, hey, man, you know, what's SMT? And I'm telling her all about it. And I said, you know what? I think if I know Denny, he's going to screenshot it and post it on Twitter. <laughs> well, that's what he did. <laughs> I text Denny. Oh. I said, hey, man, you looking at that SMT? It's like 30 minutes, an hour after the wreck. 
It's it's within an hour. And he goes, it's loading right now. <laughs> That's the Denny and, uh, that we know and so love. He's, 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 <laughs> I knew that as soon as he could get somewhere to look at it, he would. And um, sure enough, man, he posts it on Twitter. Which I, you know, he turned his comments off. Was probably smart in that in that scenario. He's like, "Hey, man, here's the here's the facts in my eye." Like then he's like, "In my world, I have these facts, uh, this evidence, right? I'm putting it out there." Um, he's angry, and um, I don't think I would have posted it. I would have put that in my pocket, and I would have, you know, I would have sent that to Steve O'Donnell. I would have, you know, I would have said. Or I would have, you know, I would have said, look, man, I would have sent it to the people that mattered or the people that would be, you know, handling this situation and said, this is what I see in the data. Um, and, but Denny went this other route. Well, in fairness to Denny, he's already been sort of uh, scorned, uh, you know, trying oh, yeah. to do the, I mean, keeping the, the stuff evidence to himself. It didn't work out for him a few months ago. I can't even keep the timeline. I don't even, I mean, the timeline of Denny in the middle of something is oh. a long one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so That's yes, he he, he has all kinds of uh he has all kinds of examples of, you know, w- what he should have done differently, how, right. you know, how he should have handled this and that and the other, but I'm not I'm not criticizing him posting it. I thought it was entertaining. Um So I, well, let me get Okay, cuz I got questions. I know you do. Get okay. some patient right here, man. We got a long show. We got a lot of fit, a lot of time here. Well, keep going. All right. Yeah, okay. So he posted the SMT data. Yeah. And so um Looking at the data and looking at what I saw on the racetrack, it, it looks like Chase turning. I mean, it just – it does. Chase is going to have to now, I think – Chase is it's, – it's kind of ball in his court in terms of how's he going to argue this because he's going to have to. NASCAR is going to look at it. I, call, I talked to Steve O'Donnell, and Steve's like, late night last night, NASCAR is going to handle this. If anything happens, um, it'll be in the middle of the week. All the racing, Xfinity and everything gets done midnight on Monday. And so they're absolutely going to take a look at it. I think they, they actually posted that on social media that NASCAR was going to, going, to, going to look into the issue. And I don't think Denny would let NASCAR off the hook, right? I think Denny's going to p- push to have NASCAR take a look at this. I was wondering whether an admission of guilt or any kind of um, verbal you know, admission or getting close to admission would factor into it, but I don't think so. I don't either. I think that, man, I mean – this is the this is the problem. I don't envy the position NASCAR is in. Right, they sort of set a precedent with Bubba Wallace, and Denny was quick to note on that in his interview at the media center. Yeah, at the at the medical center, Denny put that narrative out in the universe like that, and he 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 had an intention to do that. Right, hey, this is exactly like that, and I don't know how NASCAR doesn't react. I really don't see how this works in Chase's favor at all. Me neither. Yeah. I, I don't even think this is controversial. I don't even think there's anything to discuss. Like, as soon as I Mike, saw this well, happen, right. I was like, oh, no, he's totally going to get one. He's yeah. going to get – He's get, I don't know what it'll be, if it's full suspension yeah. for a week or what, but I, there's no I, way that goes uh, I believe that Chase. I believe that Chase is – I'll be surprised if Chase isn't parked um, for a week. This – as soon as the cautions, you know, the caution is out, they've wrecked. You see Chase going behind the wall. I thought to myself, I was like, man, if Chase was still rolling, I wonder if NASCAR would have looked at that data in the moment, not waited, right? I wonder if they will, you know, look at 
I wonder if we would ever be in a scenario where they look at the data in the moment and park chase during the race. Mm. That would have probably been preferable for Chase and NASCAR. NASCAR would rather say, hey, man, put your ass in the garage, take your punishment, let that be the deal. We damn sure don't want to put, put, you know, park chase at St. Louis that, you know, connected to the ratings or not, whether you believe that or not, Chase certainly, you know, the ratings were certainly different when Chase wasn't in the race. And all of the Xfinity guys are in Portland. That's right. you know, logistically, that's a nightmare for anybody that they think needs to drive this car, right? Right. And so, uh, that's puts, interesting. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. Puts that everybody way. in a bit of a tough situation if Chase does does have to sit out. Who would drive the car and all that? But um, they'll, you know, that's probably the least of their worries right now. But I think you know, sometime Wednesday, we're all going to learn what the decision is for NASCAR, and that's a tough one. So let me back up to the SMT data. Yeah. The one thing when Denny posts that, and it, listen, I've been fortunate enough to look at SMT data before because of the, the other Denny Hamlin situations. But it, <laughs> the thought occurred to me because the thought occurred to me that not anybody, not most everybody doesn't know how to read that. Okay. And so explain to us what you're seeing that makes yeah, so it Denny, look like Chase literally did that. So Denny, uh, there was a few reporters. Uh, one was Gluck. Gluck post, Gluck, all of them were re- retweeting this, this post by Denny with the photo of the the data, right? And so Gluck was probably the best one to say at the moment of contact. So when I first, you know, when I first pull up the tweet from Denny, I'm like, okay, now I gotta, I gotta do some. Now I gotta think and I gotta, and study. I, I gotta study. And I gotta, I gotta figure out what I'm looking at. So I gotta find the steering line. I gotta go to the. I'm looking at this picture on the side where it's showing the cars. I'm like, all right, this, you know, I don't know if this tells me a whole lot and. And so, but Jeff Gluck and his tweet, his retweet of it says, "It sh- here is the steering input at the moment of contact, right? So it's basically saying, it's putting a timestamp on, this is when the 9 and the 11 are, are making contact and the steering on the 9 is, is to the left. If Denny says that graph going higher means to the left, that's, this, that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so I've not driven this car much at all, much less with any kind of a f- broken suspension part, right? You know, only the drivers, Denny, Chase, NASCAR could tell us, all right, if, this, if, the, if it did indeed have a toe link broke on the right rear, this is the steering input that you would probably give into the car if it's broken a toe link or bent a toe link on the right front. Here's how you would steer the car, right? If the car's trying to go in one direction, you're trying to keep it from doing that, this is the input you would have. So I would believe that that would... You know, that would argue in Denny's favor, favor, right? Yeah. And I don't know in any case when you have broken right side suspension, bent suspension, that you would steer left. I don't know. I, I, I would, you know, that's, that's for NASCAR to sort through. I and, felt like Chase's own comments were the most incriminating evidence. Uh-huh. I know why he said what he said. You're going to diffuse and you're never going to do it. We've never learned really that. It, These yeah. drivers now know that, right? Yeah. But if, I, if I'm right, Chase said, you know, once you hit the wall, you knock the right side off these things, they're undrivable. Yeah. You just can't drive these things yes. anymore. But then you go back and watch the wreck, and that car was very much drivable. It, was, it came off the wall straight. It came off the wall straight. You now have to what slow means, it down. Well, what he means is is that, so this is, this is something unique about this car, okay? Um, I hear what you're saying, Mike, but 
I remember the best example of this car becoming undrivable after contact for me is Ryan Blaney, Daytona 500, when Austin Cindric and him get together and Austin Cindric wins the race. They are going down the front straightaway, headed to the flag stand. They make contact, and Blaney is trying to drive his car toward the start-finish line to finish second. And his car is doing everything but that. And he has zero control over it at that point. Because, you know, this was before they reinforced the tow links. They were very brittle. That contact snapped the tow link on the 12, and now the car is driving like a forklift. All right? Sure. And so that is Chase's... That's Chase's story, and he's sticking to it. No, no, I, and again, I understand why he is. I just don't think that's what his car was was driving like. It I didn't look like it. It didn't look like it at all, and we'll never know because after he, you know, after Denny comes off the wall, he destroys the right side of the nine car, which eliminates all the evidence. Right? If the tow link wasn't bent, it's bent now. You know, so that will be that'll be a tough spot for NASCAR in terms of looking at, they're really only going to be able to go and look at data, look at that steering input from the SMT. They're, they will not be able to look at the right rear, at least. I imagine the right front on on Chase's car is also uh, damaged beyond being able to say, you know, hey, man, this is, I think after the contact and destroying the nine car, all, all, the ability for NASCAR to look at any of that and factor that into the decision goes away. Well, I love what you're saying. I love the fact that you go look at the data. This is what I wish they would have done all along instead of yeah. making decisions based off of comments that drivers say because we know drivers aren't going to always be truthful. We've yeah. known that for a long time. You don't penalize people because of what they say. You penalize them what the data shows and what you as a human watching a race, yeah. what, you're, what, what it looks like right. to you. So and you make a judgment call. Yeah. And NASCAR has drivers in their ranks. Right. This isn't, you know, this isn't someone making the decision. I imagine would would probably someone like at the very top, O'Donnell or whoever this is, right? This isn't going to say, "All right, everybody, we're we've we've came together, we've made a choice to penalize, not to penalize." That person at the very top probably hasn't driven a next gen car, much less a thought car, in their whole life. But they have drivers in their ranks that can look at that data that were at that race, saw what happened, that will more than likely. Uh, influence the decision one way or another, and to be de- to be determined, yeah. to be continued. The large majority of people believe that it was an intentional act. Listen, what would you that just be said, fair? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. And that's no knock on chase. I mean, again, just going about what yeah. you watched, and it's funny you say that because drivers, their opinions are the ones that matter most, and you have a driver in the booth. The moment it happened, Clint Boyer goes, that was intentional. Yeah. And Mike Joy goes, well, I don't know. Maybe Brad Kozlowski got him. Maybe this. And Clint's like, nope, that was intentional. That's a driver watching what driver's doing on the track. And, yeah. and also looking at the, you know, the tailpipe and the flame, you know, knowing that Denny's car gets loose. I mean, I like to listen to the drivers yeah. in that matter. And, and that was an interesting scenario. That was an interesting uh, take for Clint. I think that that was tough to do. I want to give credit to Clint for making a decision on which way he thought that went and, and being quick to it. Not you know, easy. It ain't easy because, man, you never want to be wrong. You want to be right more often when you're a broadcaster and an analyst especially. You never want to have to go back and go, man, I was wrong about that. 
Thanks for tuning in. Yeah. But he jumped on he jumped on his decision and his direction. And that's tough to do. That is tough to do, especially in the moment. And you have you have everything you have every reason and every excuse to drag your feet. And sure. S- you know, you do. You can stand up there and go, you know, well, we don't know, we don't know. We'll we'll have to look at the data. The data will tell you can hee haw around it, right? <clears throat> but and I've, you know, I've been in that situation before, and sometimes, man, you want to make a decision, you want to call it, but you don't want to be wrong, you don't want to piss off the drivers. I've been a driver, I know this, man. You get pissed off those guys in the booth, you're done with them. You don't ever want to talk to, you know, if you get on, if, if Daryl or somebody up in the booth says something you don't like, you're done with that guy, right? Yep. See him in the garage, I ain't talking to that guy. Yeah. I don't respect him. And so you, you as a broadcaster, you don't want to sever or burn that bridge, right? But, man, sometimes these drivers put the broadcasters in such a difficult situation. They have to understand. I've had to come in here and tell my guys, the Junior Motorsports guys, I had to call it I had to call it against you, man. That was a mistake. And you got to understand who, you know, what hat I have on when I'm in that booth. Clint did a great job. I also want to say that I thought the broadcast was great. I was just piddling around on social media, and uh, I said – Hey, there was contact a couple laps before when Amarillo hit the wall, and I didn't sure I wasn't sure if TV mentioned it or not because I was just sitting there as a fan, casually watching the race, and my kids, and my wife, and everything else going mm-hmm. in the house. So I don't know if they said it or not. Um, and a lot of people thought I was taking a jab at the Fox coverage. Man, I thought the I thought the race was great. I thought Fox did a good job. There was a couple times, and this ain't a Fox thing. This is a network thing. This, our you know NBC does this. They get a new toy, a drone, whatever. Boy, they love to use it. There was a there was a drone for the front straightaway for the Fox race this weekend, and and when they would go to it, I couldn't. I I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. There's you know, it's a drone. The cars are going down the front straightaway, and <laughs> and uh, I know Ricky Stenhouse is about to wreck the hell out of eight, but well, I guess we'll get back to that in a minute. <laughs> you know, and so you know, I, I this happens in all broadcasts, right? Especially when you're you know when you know there's a battle going on and the camera's not on it. You know, and that's not a knock on the broadcast. We're all sitting there going, I'd rather be looking at this, and we're looking at that. that, It doesn't mean that what we're looking at isn't interesting or somebody else doesn't want to watch that. But There's a hundred different opinions. There's a hundred. Yeah, Yeah, there's five things to be watching. Of course. There's five things going on out on the racetrack to be looking at, and I just happen to be thinking I want to see something else. But, man, I'm telling you, at the end there when Stenhouse was trying to go after the eight, he was. And they were like kind of going back to it and then going away from it. I'm like, no, no, stay there, stay yeah. there. If I mean, if Ricky catches him, it'll be entertaining. And, and they luckily happened to be on the, you know, on the 47 when he hooked hooked uh, Kyle on the front straightaway. I hope that satisfies everybody out there listening. We're all gonna wait. Uh, this you'll be you'll be catching this probably Tuesday night, maybe Wednesday. We're all gonna learn Wednesday what goes down. I won't be surprised. I will be surprised if Chase isn't penalized. I'll be pretty surprised. Hypothetically, let's just think, if he's not. Yeah. If okay. he's not penalized, what do you think the response would be? I will say this. All right. If he is not penalized, NASCAR would do themselves a massive favor by being absolutely transparent with every bit of information that drew that conclusion. They 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 need to be able to explain thoroughly why they came to that conclusion mm-hmm. because like i said i believe that the majority of people you know looking at it go hey man yeah that looked intentional the casual fan the hardcore fan most people believe 
what they saw, and if it turns out that it's not that, then there needs to be plenty of evidence shared willingly, right? Um, so that NASCAR doesn't, I don't want to see NASCAR get blasted for, you know, something that, that they don't need to be blasted for. If they, if it's, if they find out that, you know, it was, it wasn't intentional, however they do, they need to share that. You're a hundred percent right. And the reason why is because there's some people like as soon as that happened, there is that narrative out there in the court of public opinion, like, oh, they will never do anything to their golden boy. They'll never do anything because it was Denny versus Chase. Yeah. They like Chase. They hate Denny. They'll never do something. I'm thinking, no, I'm thinking they'll do something. But if they don't, they're going to have to yeah. explain that. Well, I think that, you know, there is there is an odd narrative and there's tension in the room between NASCAR and and Hendrick, right? The the penalty situation, oh, right? right? They, that, yes. that whole thing, the appeal getting turned over. I really don't know where that stands. I don't know where everyone is in terms of NASCAR, the industry, Hendrick, and all the you know Jeff Gordon and all the employees. Never, I don't know where they all are in terms of are they good? Are they a little bit a right. little bit awkward? Um, so that you know, we don't know. We don't know that NASCAR is like you know trying to protect Chase, and and we do know that you know Denny certainly gets under their skin a little bit. I don't know that that is going to factor into it. And I don't believe that. I do not believe that NASCAR plays favorites. I don't. I think that NASCAR has more information than any of us. True. And makes a decision based off of what they're looking at. I truly believe that. I know that we sit here and raise hell about the decisions that they make sometimes. And the short track package and all. I mean, we railed on them earlier in the season over a few things. And I do disagree with a lot of things that, you know, I'm a traditionalist. But honestly, when, we, when I get in the same room with NASCAR and I say, show me why this is the way it is, they have good information that will convince you, all right, I see why you made that decision, NASCAR. I see how you came to that conclusion. It's not like, oh, we like this guy more, so we're going to go easy. They, don't, they, they can't run an organization like that. They can't. Right. You're forming that opinion, though, and I think that's well-formed opinion, but it's based off of your private availability to things that public opinions, public people exactly. aren't privy to. Exactly. And that gets back to your point. you got to go. There's a public narrative yeah. that says they would never do anything to chase. If they don't, the only way for them would have to be complete transparency. Absolutely. Complete transparency. That's right. So we're going to move on from that. That was something I'm sure we'll cover later uh, this week on Thursday. Reaction to whatever the decision is. Yeah. Um, we'll be back in here for a few few minutes on Thursday to discuss. Um, Blaney, good for him, right? Yeah. I mean, happy for him. Yeah. Finally put it together. That's right. Do we want to share any more about Blaney? Sure, let's share Okay, it. let's share it. All right, so um, – we you know, we had I really want to be completely transparent. We just talked about that, right? We're going to be completely transparent here. This is a good uh, trans trans transition. Is this put us up, putting our money where our mouth is? Yeah, right? right. So, all right, we had Ross Chastain booked as the guest this week. Ross unfortunately uh, had to cancel on us, and he had something going on. Uh, we uh, he gave me a call, and we talked about it. Totally cool. Um, nothing serious. He's fine, but. He can't make it. So 
we call I called Blaney and I'm like, hey man, what are you doing this week? This guy just come off a win. It's middle of the week, he's gonna be busy. And he had every right to say, Man, I just can't do it. And I told him, I said, Come in here and give me an hour. I'll take any time of day. And so Blaine's gonna come see us. He's That's like, right. Man, I'm I'm happy to do it. Thanks for asking me. Awesome. What a damn cool dude. Ally. That's an ally That's an right ally. there. For yeah. our Wednesday show, the winner. If if uh yeah. I'm t- if there ever was a moment where the Ally Dirty Mo Media <laughs> campaign <laughs> and messaging was perfectly molded, this would be <laughs> this is it. the moment. This is it. Like, you call a guy up and you're like, dude, I'm in a bind. Uh, you're literally the hottest thing right now coming off a World 600 win. Can you, can you come in here? And he's like, how's, how's 1 o'clock, right? Hell yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, buddy. Listen, I was so happy. Did you detect the uh, the emotion in, in in Blaney in that post? How could you not? It yeah, was right, man. It was right there that, on his. Yeah, it, it reminds me, and I, it, it kind of threw me back to when you were going through a bit of a drought, right? And mm-hmm. and the pressure that you guys put on yourselves, we we forget about it. Uh, we look at you guys as being a little emotionless and just kind of like living in your own yeah. worlds and, and and completely oblivious to all of the the stuff going around you, and yet. You actually are feeling it more than any of us could ever imagine, right? And I know that I lived it with your drought, but Blaney's gone through what? Was it 59 races? 59 races, and you could feel the relief coming off of him as he was doing that interview, and I appreciated that. I will say this, man. uh, I was at Indy, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit here in a bit, but I went to Indy 500, and the emotion after, you know, the emotion all day from anything that happened, the drivers were, were, were expressing that emotion. How glad they were to be there! How you know Tony Kanaan before the race? How oh, emotional that was for him. So good, yeah. Uh, obviously, the emotion uh, from New Garden after the win. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is what makes me a fan. This makes Amen. me. This makes me order that ticket for next year. This makes me want to be here again and not miss what goes down in 2024 because this matters. And I know it matters because of the way that guy reacted. And so that was a bit of a shot over the bow a little bit toward every other form of, of motorsport, right? And not any type of racing in particular, but, man, please, if you win a freaking race, I don't care what size or what level, man, let that emotion out. Act Whatever, like it mattered. Well, what you don't have to – and you don't have to manufacture that emotion. Like, just be yourself in that moment. Right. Don't act like you're too damn cool. Right. Or it's just another race, or damn, I've won a lot of these. Um, you know, the and, and what Ryan did was exactly what you want to see. He was so uh, beaten down and and you know, uh, dis- you know, disappointed about how things had been going. He had, believe it or not, you know, even at that level, at the top level of sport, these guys doubt themselves. These guys get down on themselves. These guys lose faith in the future and where things are going. And he let it all out. He mm-hmm. told us in that moment. He, you know, had he bought, have he had he not done that, and we had gotten, uh, you know, uh, uh, the same conversation you might get from Ryan if you walk, met him on the street, that would have been a bit of a letdown. But damn it, Ryan said, you know what? I'm gonna. I might tear up a little bit. I'm gonna tell. Yeah, I might yep. tear up a little bit. I'm gonna let it all out, and we get to talk to him about that this week. That's yeah. gonna be fun. I don't want to go too far on 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 Blaney, but yeah, we're going to get a chance to go through all that with him and how you know how 
how did he get down on himself? What were the conversations like? I want to applaud all the fans who stuck around this week. I want to applaud all the fans who tuned in for the race. Everybody, I mean, rain delays, especially that kind of rain delay where it's like prolonged, it's on and off, you never know what's going to happen, the Xfinity race, uh, all that stuff getting bounced around and pushed around. We still had a really good crowd at the track physically, and uh, you know, as far as I could tell, everybody was tuned in on Monday, and um, that was good to see. Yeah. Typically, there's this threat that when a race is rain delayed to Monday, it's an afterthought. It's like just another part of Monday, right? When the race is happening, it's just it just loses all of its momentum and excitement, but. Uh, the World 600 didn't do that, and the Xfinity race was pretty entertaining. Of course, I was happy that Justin Allgaier won. I could not believe they made it to the end. I watched every bit of it. So, explain what you mean by that, by the way, because like yeah. I, 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 I know just from what All I right. woke up to this morning. This is a little bit of a personal story mixed in with some racing. Uh, I'm at Indy Five. I'm at the Indy 500. I'm going to miss all of the NASCAR stuff, but then the rain uh, and the weather uh, meant that I would be in town for yesterday's racing. But uh, my wife had scheduled uh, Isla's first sleepover, a friend at school. And for people who aren't parents, this is going to amount to nothing, right? This isn't going to matter at all to you. But but if you are a parent. I'm going to tell you, man. (laughs) uh, When Amy said, hey, Isla's got a friend coming over from school, that was another... Really big moment where you're like, how in the hell did I get here? (laughs) Somebody's trusting their kid with us? (laughs) Do they know what they're doing? Um, (laughs) Okay. So. Who is this kid? You want to know everything. You want to know. Yeah. Right. No, I know who the kid is. I'm going to school. Well, I go to school, uh, you know, and I pick Isla up and I drop her off. So I know all, I know the moms and I know the the other kids and everything. And I know who Isla's best friends are. She talks about them all the time on the car ride home. You know, we had her birthday, had all all kinds of her friends over with their parents. So, I mean, there's, um, it's, it wasn't, it was, I knew what I needed to know, but. I'm gonna tell you, man. I was like, oh, all right. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I need to be home. I need to be home for that. I need to be, I need to, I, you know, I don't need to make any plans. That'll be, you know, Amy's gonna need some help with Nicole. We're gonna, have, I don't, you know, we're gonna have Isla and her friend. They're gonna be so excited, uh, ex- you know, on high energy all day long. Amy's gonna be wore out. <clears throat> so I didn't plan on going to the racetrack. And so, um, you know, the Xfinity race was supposed to happen at 11 o'clock in the morning. And um, Nicole has a fever, um, low-grade fever, but she's, you know, she, it's like every other week this kid is dealing with some snottiness. And so um, <laughs> she's, uh, I'm, I'm holding Nicole all, all day, like throughout the whole Xfinity race. <clears throat> uh, the start of the Xfinity race, the rain delay, the start of the cup race, um, Amy took the girls to the movies for a little bit. And so I was home babysitting a, uh, sick two year old, but I, um, I was in the plane with Latart and, uh, he, I was like, Hey man, we're coming home from Indy. 
I was like, uh, there's going to be another kid in my house when I get there, Steve, where I was having her first sleepover. And he goes, oh, man, be ready. And I was like, okay, give me some advice. He's like, well, he's like, you better, you know, if, if they wake up in the middle of the night scared, mm. you know, you say, you say to this kid, you're like, hey, I will call your mom and dad. It's totally fine. Don't be upset. We'll call them right now. We can, I can take you home. We'll get them on the phone. Everything's going to be fine. You know, you got to be ready at 2 a.m., to get out of bed, get in, get in the car, and go somewhere, right? And so, am I right, Mike? Do you feel like this is – no, you're not. No, I'm agreeing with that. I mean, in your head, you're thinking, shut up and go back to bed. Oh, well, I – No? Am I the only one there? Well, okay, I, in got the, it. at the very – maybe at the <laughs> – I guess I am. Maybe at the fifth or tenth or fifteenth sleepover, but go back to your very first one, Mike, where your first sleepover you had where they brought a friend to the house. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to be ready. If something, you know, if, a, if, if we were woken up in the middle of the night, I will, I will be available to drive. And so, um, you know, I uh, really overthought this whole thing. Possibly. They, yeah. And they slept through the night. No problems. Good. Had a great time. The only thing was when we, when I got home, it was t- nine o'clock. When I got home from uh, Sunday, 9 o'clock, and I went in there, they're in the bed, and Amy's trying to read a book to them. That's kind of the last thing. Read a book, and then they go to sleep. And they were bouncing off the walls, man. And so I walk in the room, and Isla looks at me and says, Hey, my friend's over here for a sleepover. Like, said it that fast. And I was like, Amy, have they been drinking coffee? What, <laughs> what in the hell? Like, I've never seen Isla. I've seen Isla. This is like, you know, sugar plus food coloring plus like all of the things that would make them make, make her you know, wide open. Wide open. Yeah. And I was like, they ain't no damn way they're going to sleep. Right. <clears throat> all right. So we turn the lights out. We got the little cam, the baby cam, so we can watch them. All right. Y'all go to bed, get in bed. All right. So. We go back, me, me and Amy go back into the into our bedroom, and we're laying there in the bed, uh, and I turn on the little monitor, and they have gotten out of bed, and now they're doing flips into the bed off of the furniture. And I'm, I mean, it's one after the other. They're just going, it's like a gymnastics are happening, right? In the dark. Y'all have to be laughing at this, Oh, right? we're laughing. Yes. I've got it all, I recorded it. Good. I got it all on my phone. I love Flips in the headboard, smashes her nose. Now we're crying. Oh, wow. Got to go in there. It's a big change. You okay? (laughs) (laughs) You okay? Abrupt. (laughs) You're okay? Yeah, yeah. All right, you calm her down. All right, y'all. That's what happens. You know, get back in bed now. Let's try to go to sleep. Get out. I mean, we ain't walked out of the door of the the bedroom. Just got got out going down the hall, and they're back out of the bed again. Mm-hmm. And now I can talk on that thing. I'm like, y'all get to bed now. I mean, it took forever for them to not like not want to get out of the bed and play. And uh, goodness gracious. Well, okay. So was Justin Algar, Isla's friend, that came over and slept? Because I, you, this was a racing story that you were tying back to the Xfinity series. Oh, that's right. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> um, I had to watch all of the racing at home. I wanted to go to the racetrack. I wanted to be there because I've the last time I was in Victory Lane at Charlotte, I believe, might have been 2001. Um, and so 
you know, the, we never won there as JRM till last year with Josh, and I was in Indy. And now we won again, and I'm at home. And so it feels weird, you know, 30 minutes, 30 minutes across town, your guys are in Victor Lane, and you're laying in the bed. Um, but I watched every lap. I didn't think that they were going to make it to the end. And everybody's pitting, and I'm like, well, how in the hell are we that confident? Right. That we can get to the finish of the race. Everyone but the top two or three are pitting for fuel. Right. And he not only was able to finish the race, but had enough gas to do a really long burnout and all kinds of donuts. Yeah. Um, so, anyhow. That's impressive conservation of fuel right there. Adam Alexander is a really great broadcaster, and I love the guy, and he's very supportive of me. He sends me text messages all the time about how, how much he thinks about my work. But I am so glad that he will, he can no longer mention that Junior Motorsports hasn't won this year. Oh man, it was out there, it right? Was, he kept yeah. saying it. It's him and Jamie Murray kept going on and on about it, like, right? They're running in the top five. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyhow, where are we? Forty. Right, we're forty some minutes into this. So I got a couple other things going on. That's all we're gonna do as far as racing. I worked the Indy Five Hundred again. And I'm holding this book in my hand, which is I want to talk about this book. Okay. Okay. I can't I wait to see what you're holding. Up. I want to talk about Indy too. We can save this for Thursday. It's up to you. I read a book and I like it. Well, can I see the cover? Nope. Oh, all right. I I, I am curious about your Indy 500 experience. I have. Why a lot don't we of save things. it to Thursday? So okay. let's. I'm gonna save the book to Thursday. All right. And then we'll talk about um, Indy 500. Indy. The environment and atmosphere that you feel being in. Indy at the racetrack is unlike anything else. It doesn't. It, it is a race, but it it doesn't. It doesn't feel like other Indy races. It doesn't feel like any NASCAR race. It's it's a special event. It's like it's like how you know the Derby is unique to horse racing. No other horse race, and even the Preakness or any other race, feels like the Derby. And I mean, when you're there in person, watching it on TV sort of strips away so many layers of the history, tradition, the, the, the sheer size of the event. TV numbs a lot of that. It's just it's the way it is. TV's that's, that's the way it is. No way around it. If you, can go to Indy Fi, Indy, if you can go to the Indy 500, please go. I mean, I'm so thankful that I've gotten to go and do that and experience that once. And so it's just an incredible thing to see and and be a part of i have some really wild access as uh you know working with nbc and uh you know i can walk up into any garage i want talk to any driver i want which is a great thing um i needed to talk to ferrucci call i, I text him i said santino need to talk to you for for the race i just want a couple minutes no problem hmm. come on up into the garage i'll be there at 10 o'clock before carb day practice at 11 I walk in there, he's got his suit on, he's going to practice in one hour, and we stood there and talked for 25 minutes. I talked to Larry Foyt, uh, who uh, runs the team for AJ, and had a great conversation. And so it turns out San Antonio Ferrucci had some Dale Earnhardt Jr. wallpaper on his bedroom wall when he was a kid. Wow. Yeah, Who didn't knew? know that. I didn't either. Yeah. And boy, did he have a hell of a race, man. He did. And uh, I was I – was, I, I know he was sad about not being able to win for AJ. There was – you know, he had heard he's hearing that all weekend. Best AJ's teams run in forever. Could you imagine AJ winning the Indy five hundred? Yeah. And there he was with a perfect opportunity and a couple moves 
go this way or that, he does it. But um, he, you know, he is uh, he's entertaining. Now, just his hair. I have not I have not forgotten that you know we've bounced off of him and he bounced off of us a few times in the Xfinity series. True. But even while even while that was going on, I was impressed by his speed and how quickly he adapted to the Xfinity series, to NASCAR, to the tires, all of that. He is a natural. He's fast, he's good, and I think he'd be competitive in just about any any situation. So, um, you know, I wasn't going to go on a Ferrucci tear, but um he's I like him. He's fun to watch. He's fun to pull for. He pisses them other guys off. like uh, that, Including Connor Daly. Connor doesn't oh, like him. Oh, I'm sure Connor doesn't like him. Nope. Um, Rossi don't like him. He, you know, there's there's a lot of people, and you can you can tell who. Really? But the majority of the of the I think the majority of the drivers in that garage don't know how to take him, right? Or don't like him or or not sure. You know, he's really I don't know. He's brash, he's something. I don't know if it's arrogance. They they all have stories. They all have a precedent, like we do at Junior Motorsports. I'll be honest with you, man. I mean, here when he when he was a rookie in 2019, I went to the Indy 500, and they were like, I was reading about him, trying to study, and he had all these issues uh, in other, you know, in the racing that he had done. He'd gotten in trouble. He had wrecked his teammate or something. He's he's riding around with his cell phone, videoing while he's racing, while he's driving the car. Just really brash, immature, and I believe, I believe that he has improved a ton from those moments. I believe even from 2019 that he has matured. Now, yeah, he's still young. He's still going to be foolish and, and and immature at times. But I believe that he's not. He's not the same little that everybody thinks he is from 2019. He's not. Um, I talk to him, and I can see in 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 the way he talks, and the way I'm, you know, way he, the way he uh, engaged with me. I was like, yeah, this guy's this guy's maturing. Hmm. Um, I hope that he ends up in a uh, you know in a situation where he can be competitive long term for IndyCar. I think that would be good for IndyCar. He's a great personality. He's entertaining. He's interesting. He does do things on the racetrack that make you go make you scratch your head. You need those guys out there. Feels right. a little bit like our Noah Gregson, right? He's a, a bit, bit like Noah, a little yeah, bit for sure. There's yeah. some very, very big similarities there in terms of of their path and, and and maturity and so forth. But how about the fact that wasn't it Ferrucci that uh, had the uh, monetary fine handed to him during the race for the tire that went across yeah. the pit? Like, how crazy was that? That was crazy. I didn't think I'm it was wrong. that crazy. You didn't think it was crazy that they. Maybe it's not crazy. Maybe it's what I wish NASCAR would do is hand out in-race penalties rather than draw it out all week like we were talking about with yeah. Chase. Uh, th- th- it's going to happen. But the fact is that he get, has that tire go across, go out of the pit box, yeah. and they go, yeah, we're not going to make him lose his position here, but we are going to go scrap him with a cash fine to be determined later. I thought that was an interesting thing. I hadn't yeah, seen it. It was. Um, I-, I hear you, Mike. I, I- I'm glad they didn't go send him to the back because, you're again, this I, is no, – you know, H- Hinch was like, Oh, that's a big penalty going on. Oh, and they on. were arguing. I know it. Yeah, in the. <laughs> I thought that was interesting, actually. Well, it's like it. So it's. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how much to reveal here, but oh. um, yeah. So all of it. I believe that Hinch is in that group with the other drivers that aren't you know aren't, don't approve of a lot of things that he does, hmm. right? And so Hinch is just recently out of the seat. True. And so Hinch is still like. Yeah, Ferrucci. He, I don't know about this guy, right? The he passes Rossi in, on Carb Day, coming off pit road on the access lane. Apparently, you know, Hitch is like that's a that's a ridiculous move. 
It's a, it's ridiculous. And, and, uh, he was very upset about it. And, um, Towns and Bell knows that Hinch is not a big fan of Ferrucci. And so Townsend intentionally praises Ferrucci. <laughs> e- <love> <laughs> even, even though Townsend probably doesn't love Ferrucci that much, he goes overboard in his praise because he knows it makes Hinch squirm right next to him in the booth. It is hilarious. That is interesting because now with that context, they weren't arguing necessarily that, that I could tell over Ferrucci. They were arguing whether the, the tire – the wheel went over the line. It clearly did. Hinch was correct in that. But the knowing what you're saying, where Townsend Bell may just take a position just to just to be he's opposite. Like, I don't know if it went over. And, and Hinch is like, "What do you mean you don't look at the tape? It yeah. went over the line." Well, it's debatable. It's <laughs> I'm yeah. like dying yes. laughing about yes. this. That's so funny. I really um, Hinch is really sharp. Does a great job. Townsend Bell is a knowing Townsend's personality. He is a great listen, man. The whole package was amazing. Yeah. It was such a good broadcast. Yep. So um I I agree with all that, man. I, I was I was I had a great time. I do not I do not know at forty eight years old how much longer I can call the snake pit. Um, <laughs> I, I I understand what you mean by I, that. Honestly, you know, I my personal opinion is that they probably, you know, ne- you know, moving forward, I think that you know, a, a younger, more uh, you know, connected personality would do a better job uh, in that environment. And NBC has a long list of like a Carson Daly would be perfect for that. Would that not feel like a spring break MTV moment if Carson Daly was calling? Uh, you know, well, maybe t- twenty years ago. I Carson got a lot. Daly. I got. <laughs> he, he also is. Yeah. Probably Dalton not. nods at everything, but he's <laughs> not in it. Um, Dalton's nodding at that one. All right, well then it must be true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just in my mind, I'm like, man, I'm you know, is this the? Am I the perfect? No, I don't feel like I'm the perfect peg for that, for that hole. But um, you or Steve, frankly, because yeah, that I enjoyed it, and I thought, I'm sure you did. Hey, wait, I enjoyed it, and I thought we did a great job. Um, but I just feel like that, you know, I I could. I, I would love to put somebody else in that position because I think it would be a little better received and a little better conveyed as to what you know the snake pit's all up all about. I love the history of it. The history of the snake pit is fascinating. That's what we got to share, which I was I was I'm happy to do. I enjoy telling everybody about the history, and we we had to tame the tame the stories down. I mean the the history of the snake pit is colorful. Yeah. So there's a medical tent right there for people to get, you know, <laughs> to get help. And when I walked up there to do the the 11 o'clock hit at the top of the show, a guy that was there at the party said they've already brought 20 out. Oh, guarantee it. Yeah. Unconscious. 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 Oh, hell. And so it's a little, it's a little sketchy. It's a little scary. I mean, you know, when you first get there at 830 in the morning, there's – 15,000 people there by the by the peak of the day there's probably 30,000 um it looked packed yeah and they're at 8 30 in the morning they are going as hard as they can go the ones that are there they ain't just hanging around um especially the people up on the rail and stuff close to the close to the stage they're they're going hard there's their head banging just jumping around and just exerting all kinds of energy 
Did you catch the comment? And I don't know who made it, but the comment where one of you guys said, you know, not a whole lot of families in here. And then somebody else said. That was, Ta- that was Townsend Bell's comment. That, who said, well, there's probably some of the beginning of the families in there. Ta- Townsend said both. <laughs> he said both. I don't know. I remember. He probably I mean, said yeah. there's a start to yeah. a family in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a quick comment. And I go, did I just hear that right? Yeah. Did I just hear that? Yeah. I totally did hear that. I, so the the snake pit makes me a little nervous, and um, you know, so, but we had a good time. We got a good, we got our hits done, and we got out of there. We got a, our our opportunity to talk to Larson was great. Larson was awesome. I was so surprised that he was even there. Yeah, the logistics of him going back and forth on he's you know to to come out there and be there and be present and just to be be there to check things out and sort of go through a checklist of here's how my day's going to be next year. Super smart. Yeah. This guy's really putting everything into this to try to do as good a job as he can. I was really surprised by him being there and plus how well of an interview we got from 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 Larson. And so uh, the race was great. The work on the Peacock Pit Box was fun. Danica was fun on the box. We were talking throughout the whole race about what we were seeing. She was helping me understand a few things about IndyCar. Of course, I don't know everything going on out there, what the drivers are dealing with. Uh, Mike's fun to work with. We got done and headed home. Um, New Garden's win was exciting. His uh, celebration was amazing. Well, I got to ask though, wh- what was the feeling from Danica? Did you guys talk about this when that last caution or last red flag, yeah, the yeah, decision yeah. to red great, flag great, great. the race? Yeah. Man, I'll be honest. I, I, uh, I've never, I don't know that I've ever seen any race where they roll off pit road and take the green. I've I'm, never seen it either. Anywhere. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm, I mean, I might be wrong, but I can't think of one right now. And I feel like for the Indy 500, uh, that 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 wouldn't be something you'd do. I agree. They are notorious. They're 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 strictly. We're just all about the yeah. race, um, and and we're not going to go. I don't know. Manufacture big finishes the way maybe NASCAR is known to manufacture. Yeah. And I'm not sure that that's what they did. Although Marcus Erickson would disagree. He yeah. thinks that that was uh, yeah. not not the right call. Of course. Of course he does. Um, and I think he's got an argument. Um, I do too. I feel like that it risks it risks the integrity of the event. It risks the integrity of not only that specific Indy 500, but all of Indy, right? And luckily, the end result was an inte- a finish with integrity. Luckily, the end result was everybody got back to the finish line in one piece. Luckily, the end result was popular and well received. No problem, right? Then and 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 so everybody everybody in that moment was okay with it. We were on Peacock. We had done left NBC and we're on Peacock doing some more work. And I said to to Rico and Danica, I said I thought the finish was a little crude. Mm. And Danica and Mike went, "No, that's the that's the beauty of sports. What happened?" Is what happened them rolling off pit road and and taking the green and the race ending the way it did is is what's great about sports, and um, I honestly I honestly feel like I wasn't I mean I I don't feel bad about I don't feel like my comment was incorrect I thought it was a crude comparable to other Indy 500s it was a bit crude right we're coming off pit road we're going to get the green. I've never seen it before, I, I, you know, and so I didn't think my comment was a bit was a uh, was a reach, but you know, Danica and, and Mike thought it, you know, that was, uh, you know, an incredible 
ending. Yeah. I I enjoyed the ending. I, I, I just too. I just I guess, you know, uh I would have said you know, I would say to IndyCar, I'd be like, well, why don't we just say, you know, we're not going to count cautions or something inside of 10 laps to go, right? So if you do come off pit road, you can get them guys to go around a couple laps. And when the green comes out, we're going to have, we're going to start counting laps. You know, th- there's races where, you know, dirt races or whatever, short track races where cautions aren't counted. So not counting yellows wouldn't be a new idea. But I think in that scenario, they don't have – I do not want to see them do a green-white checkered. I don't want to see them do this. We're going to end under green no matter what. But I think if they – you know, it's kind of the same thing, not counting yellows inside of five to go or inside of ten to go. It's kind of the same thing. But it but it would allow drivers to accept it better. Erickson, right, he could say, hey, okay, this is the rule. We're going to go out here. We're going to get the – you know, we're going to get our tires warmed up and the green flag's coming out with the white at the same time. But we're not going to pull off pit road and go green. Um, so, I, you know, I, I it's interesting. I, I, I'm with you on this. I'm I glad think, they did it. I just I thought it was a bit inconsistent, being that I've never seen yeah. them before that way. But I'm uh, hesitant. I'm glad to, they did yeah, it. It I gave mean, us a moment that we'll never. I guess I mean, I've gave my opinion. Yeah, but I was really hesitant to even say anything about it because I'm not an IndyCar guy and. But I mean, I'm sitting there, and that's what it felt like. That's if it, it felt crude, uh, but. But still, you know, a popular win. Newgarden did an amazing job. Yeah. <clears throat> the leader, man, he's a sitting duck on them restarts. There's nothing they can do. There's nothing they can do to, to keep the lead without, you know, just violently blocking or creating some kind of dangerous scenario. Yeah. So after, you know, so after Andy, I've got a couple weeks off, and then we're going back to – we're going to Nashville at the end of June for the start of our broadcasting with NBC. I'm excited about that. I guess this will be a good time to go to some Ash Jr. We're going to do some Ash Jr.? So I saw Andrew a lot at Indy this week. I know he was down there working. What was he doing? Andrew was doing a lot, actually. We went down there. The Dirty Mo crew went up there to do uh, uh, have three days with Mario Andretti. That's and we'll what I'm be, talking about. We'll be putting that stuff out this week. I That's cannot what wait. I want you to tell me. Yeah. What's Mar- going on? Man, Mario Andretti uh, gave you – Andrew, are you on – can you hear us? Can you hear me now? Yeah. Just give us a teaser. How good was it? How good was your conversation with Mario? So I don't know if Mario Andretti is a better was a better race car driver or a better storyteller. Like it is that good. neck and neck that how good that was. All right. Yeah, we got about two and a half hours with him. Holy yeah, two yeah. and a half hours with anybody of that status is impressive. And I mean, that's you're carrying some cloud around there, buddy. Yeah, and I I I would bring something up. He would lean a little bit closer in the chair, and he'd be like, "Have I got a good story for you?" And that happened like ten different times. All right. So that'll yeah, be on Dirty Mommy's YouTube channel this week, uh, starting this week, right? Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, looking forward to that. You also did some man on the street stuff, and you uh, talked to all the indie car racers uh, at Media Day, and that was some good stuff that we saw on the social media as well. So nice job, Andrew. Appreciate that. Let's uh, let's get to some Ash Junior, shall all we? All right, let's do it. All right, we're live. Dale, was that? Did you make that shot? I did. You didn't. I had two last week. You hit two. I did. Oh, and I wasn't, I wasn't there to see it. I wasn't there to see it. No. Uh, we're live here on Ash Junior, presented by Xfinity 10G. They're at 10 Gs. That's pretty impressive. Let's see. Nope. Oh, I that tried to bank. Sounded like I hit open. the backboard there. Like yeah, a I'm brick. trying to. I tried <laughs> that sounded like. Try to bank it in there. It's not open today. Yeah. Well, uh, we've got some good questions sent in from the fans, and um, 
we'll uh, we'll get right to it. This first question is from Harold. Uh, you know, Newgarden, Blaney, Allgaier, all celebrated in the stands after winning this weekend. Uh, first, what did you think of that? And then, do you just have a favorite victory celebration that you've seen? Um, yeah, I thought it was good. Um, Newgarden had, uh, you know, it's just to be able to see genuine emotion and. When a, when somebody wins a race, we talked about this earlier in the show. But when somebody wins a race, you want them to, you want them to be happy. You want them to show that. You don't want them to suppress it, uh, because <clears throat> their joy, their emotion about that win, is a signifier and and a and a and it confirms the importance of the race. Right, the reason you bought the ticket to come. And so when you see somebody jump out and get so excited about and happy about something, the 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 you know the the guys that won the Kentucky Derby, their their reaction to winning that race shows you why why that race is so important, right? And so, um, it, you know that that's all that's all you want to see after after somebody wins. So it was great to see everybody's reaction um, throughout the weekend. I know that the race was uh, you know the Cup race was rain delayed, so that kind of mutes it a little bit, um, but. They were still, you know, still the World 600 is is a long one. It's tough. It's one of a kind. Um, it was exciting. It was it was entertaining, and uh, Blaney deserved it. I mean, he was strong all night and uh, had a little lost some track position there late, uh, and got some you know restarts and things went his way, and and he worked hard to get that track position back. I'll say Newgarden. Uh, he I don't know if I would have done what he did like I, I feel like that takes some guts to go no, into the stands was not, that something I mean, you would done yeah i mean it's yeah? not that it's not that uh like not, it just seems like not, overwhelming it's not dangerous no i mean so the reason why you stop on the front straightaway and get out is because you you want to feel that energy coming from the stands yeah how can you feel that energy even better right is to go right in there That's it's true. like jumping in the mosh pit um, you jump in there because it's where you want to be. Uh, you jump in there because that's where all the energy's at. Uh, and he will, um, he's winning his first Indy 500 and he wanted to, he wanted to drink from a fire hose in terms of soaking it all up, taking it all in. He wanted to experience the extreme, um, you know, of, of energy and emotion. I mean, that's dive right into the crowd. Yeah. Go right where they are, right? Celebrate with them. Uh, that, that was, that was really a cool and, and great moment in, in, in motorsports. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, that was well said. Uh, this next question coming from Kenny, if you could sit down and watch any past race with anybody, uh, who would you want to watch it with and, and where would you want to watch it from? Past race with anybody. I don't know if this answers that question, but I've been thinking about that. So, you know, they got the Manning cast. Oh I, yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I know that you know, there's people that prefer to watch the actual broadcast of the game, but some people do enjoy the many casts where Peyton and, and Eli are talking about um, the game and they're joking and giving each other a hard time. They interview a guest on there as well. But um, I think uh, doing something like that for NASCAR would be fun. Uh, we don't work all year long. Uh, I don't work all year long. But I have um, – me and Jeff Burton have done some – we've t- done some rain delay feel where they show, like, uh, for example, the 2001 Daytona July race, and me and Burton kind of narrate over the top of it. And we've done a couple races like that, and it got really well received. I would love to do that, um, sit down with Burton or LaTarte, going over some races that we won together, 
or, or races that another driver won, sit down and watch a race that I was in, but maybe even another driver won it, right? And we're sitting there together. Um, that's fun for me to do. I don't, if it's fun for people to watch, that even better. But I wonder how long till there is a Manning cast NASCAR style. Um, they've done it before with, uh, where we were sitting in a trailer watching the Xfinity race, and you watched us watch the Xfinity race on a TV. That's not what I'm talking about. Not that. Um, basically, you know, have you ever seen Mystery Science Theater where they're in? Yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in a theater, and the 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 the, the host and the the cast of the of the of the show are kind of down at this bottom bottom corner of your screen, and it's just their silhouettes. You're like sitting in behind them watching the show on your screen, as if you're in the theater with them. That's kind of uh, an idea and that I've always had in my head is like a mystery science theater where we're either watching the, the current live race on TV or an older race, you know, and it's like a 30 or hour long show, but I'd love to do like the Daytona 500. I would love to do like a Manning cast with the Daytona 500. Oh yeah. Right. Um, I think that would be fun. Just to sit at home and just be like, you know, here's what I'm seeing. What are you seeing? Well, that's crazy. You believe he did that? You believe? Oh, that's I don't know about that move. Oh, I was wrong. That was a good move. You know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like more yeah. of a casual approach to yeah. watching a race. People say that, you know, when we first started doing the NBC booth, uh, the comments that I would see back in eight, 2018, 19 was that me, Steve, Jeff, and, and Rick, it's kind of like buddies at a bar, right? Drink a beer, watching a race. And, I mean, that's really – that's as fun as it gets when, when it feels that way and comes across that way. And I think that that would even lean more into that. So you sit me down with a case of beer and, and, and somebody else and watch, uh, you know, we watch the race together with you. The race is on your screen, but you hear us, right? Yeah. That would be fun. I think so. Well, maybe the wheels get turning on this I'm putting one. putting it into the universe. That's yep. what we're doing right here. That's it. We're That's what this that, whole show's yeah, about. Law of attraction. And <laughs> we're going to attract that into our lives. <laughs> I like it. Uh, this next question coming from Kevin, uh, and, and you kind of <laughs> mentioned it uh, right at the end of, of the Dirty Air segment. Uh, you know, June 25th, NBC is coming back. What are you doing this month to kind of prepare for the return of, of your side of, of broadcasting in NASCAR? I mean, I'm watching every single lap um, and trying to stay on top of the storylines as far as who's mad at who and what each driver has went through. I've got a, uh, I've got my, in my notes just sitting right next to me here, um, everything that every driver, every team went through in the offseason, switches, changes, choice, you know, new crew chief, whatever. Um, and then, you, you know, you kind of keep a long documentation of, you know, controversies, penalties, contact, um, frustrations. Uh, obviously, the stats and success are easy to easy to easy to find. But literally, just sitting at home and watching the races as a fan uh, helps a ton. Um, you know, just trying to sit there. Amy gives me that freedom to be able to. I tell her, I'm like, man, I got to watch the race. I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna watch every lap. And she she understands that that's important. Um. And that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to start getting in the booth. I've been I've been at Indy at the Derby, and all that's kind of teasing uh, how much fun it is to be back in the, the NASCAR booth. And it's been fun to listen to Clinton them all first half of the year, and I'm I'm ready to get get going. 
Yeah, second half is going to be a fun one. <laughs> it will. It always is. Yeah. Uh, this next question, a bunch of people have been asking, but Chris asks, how have the restoration projects gone? Uh, they haven't seen a whole lot of you uh, yeah. posting them as of late. Uh, <laughs> any any new projects that you're working on? Well, um, I'm. Uh, we're working on some house restoration. I've got this. Uh, we we're, we had this sort of. Um, we had this deck that was off of the kitchen that we never used and I never sat out there and, and so we're closing that in but um, so literal home renovations are going on and I've been in this house since 08 so it's um, we're finding some rot and other kinds of things <laughs> behind the walls that's not good but, um, I've got a in this we're in the you know obviously in the studio right here in the Bojangle studio and on the other side of this wall in the fab shop is my 66 Nova wagon we've mm -hmm. been working on and it's it's coming very slowly. We just started putting in all of the sound deadening or soundproofing, you know, that you put in the tub of the car, um, putting in the um, aftermarket air conditioner and stuff like that, fuse boxes and things like that, uh, steering column. Um, it's got the motor in it. So uh, it's coming along. That's my – that's the current project, right, 69 Nova – 66 Nova wagon. Um, that's going to be the family car. Is it hard to find parts for that? No. No? No. Really? No, not really. Huh. Yeah. And whatever they don't... I mean, it's not necessarily a car where I've got a... I'm not... When I started this project, I was like, man, I'm just going to make it up as I go along. It's not going to be this beautiful, polished, perfect car. It's going to... You know, it's going to have a lot of fabrication, a lot of homemade, you know, elbow grease in there and... yeah. We're just going to you know, make it functional, make it trustworthy, make it crank, never fall apart, never stop, never park you on the side of the road, <laughs> um, but also look reasonably good. Yeah, all reliable, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got time for one more question. This one's coming from Ryan. Uh, what sports did you play growing up? Do you remember like what numbers you wore? I don't. I got a picture of me playing soccer when I was a little kid, but I can't tell what number's on my jersey. Um I played soccer in uh, like second grade, and then I quit. Uh, went to a bunch of different schools. I went to a different school almost every year, all the way up until I was a freshman in high school. And then I played soccer again as a freshman, and um, we went to state and lost. I wasn't a starter. Um, I didn't play a ton, but I enjoyed it. And I got a letter jacket. Still nice. have it still have it can't get amy to put it on it's her it's perfect for her it's her size because I, I and when i was a freshman in high school i was like five foot three it was yeah very short um and that was it i didn't play any other sports i wanted to play football so again I, as i said i was five three yeah as a freshman i'm getting driven around by like you know the the principal or whatever somebody at mooresville senior high is driving me and Teresa and kelly around the property showing us the school it's like a week before school starts and um you know you're nervous you're getting ready to go to this new school and they're showing you around and i saw the football team out on the field practicing and mm -hmm. i said hey i want to play football you know <laughs> and he was like let me take you to soccer field and introduce you to soccer coach <laughs> and i was like okay all right. Maybe I mean some countries that is football. You know, yeah. soccer. Maybe yeah. there was some sort of language. I didn't. Barrier. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I probably. It's probably for the best. But man, I've loved football, and I so badly wanted to play organized football. I mean, I had at home when I was twelve. 
I had pads for everybody on my road, mm. all the other kids, right? Not only if I had the whole, I had the whole suit, pads, pants for me and every other kid so that when we went and played in the yard, everybody was suited up. Yeah. Right. Full contact, <laughs> slamming pads. Um, we'd take our helmets and bang them on the concrete and, <laughs> and try to scruff the fronts up like the little lineman's helmets looked. Oh man. We had a lot of fun, man. I'm sorry. You couldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's all the time we've yeah. got for Ash Jr. That was fun. Yeah, it was great. Uh, appreciate everybody. We had, uh, we have Ryan Blaney coming in tomorrow, race winner. Um, Ross was going to be our guest. He called me, said he had something come up and he couldn't make it. So I called Ryan literally just before we got down, uh, to the table and Ryan said, tell me when to be there and I'll be there. So what a great guy. Busy, uh, all week coming off big, biggest win probably of his career and, uh, just like that, said it. Tell me when. So tomorrow, Ryan Blaney will be on the show. We'll talk about his 600 win, all the emotion. Um, thanks for tuning in. We had a great show today, Mike. We and, did. Yeah. We to, talked, to everybody I, watching, by the way, uh, the YouTube thing, we talk at, at length about Chase oh, and of Denny. Yeah, of course. Of course. We, so we cover kinda... everything. We covered everything. And then don't forget about our Thursday show. I've got a cool story about a book I want to tell you all about. Everybody's like, freaking book. I don't want to hear a story about a book. And also... Uh, I got bit by a tick. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'll tell you about that Thursday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, they'll tune in. That's a hell of a cliffhanger right there, yeah. boy. <laughs> That's what you like, ain't it, Mike? That's it. Yeah. Um, That's what I like. So, yeah, going to be a fun week. Make sure you tune in tonight. This one will be out. Dirty Air will be out tonight. Uh, Blaney tomorrow, Thursday, Tick Bite. We'll see you later. <laughs>